If you're part of any online step parenting community, you know the acronym HCBM. It stands for High Conflict Biomom. She's the bane of every stepmother's existence. Is there such a thing as a high conflict bio dad? You bet. There's no gender bias for addiction to drama and conflict. The kids participate in it because staying out of it is not an option for them. So how do you fight with someone who can score a victory just by keeping you fighting? Hi there, I'm Tracy, and this is the Essential Stepmom Podcast, your source of unconventional advice and inspiration for the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. Is it really an art? You bet. Nobody pops out of the womb with an instinct for step-parenting. It's something you practice and get better at, like anything else. And if you found this podcast, it means you're smart enough to look for someone who's been practicing the moves for a long time to stand in your corner and coach you through it. I'll share my wins, my missteps, and my analysis of what worked for my family over the last 14 years and why it could work for you too. If you like this stuff, don't forget to subscribe. And you can get more of me at EssentialStepmom.com. I don't actually talk that much about high-conflict parents. Maybe that's because I'm someone who is just so averse to conflict. I can probably count the number of fights I've had in my life on the fingers of one hand. I didn't even have fights with my ex-husband, really, before or after we were divorced. That might be one of the reasons why our marriage lasted as long as it did. I don't think it was a great strategy just to keep taking the hit, so to speak, without fighting back. It's just who I am. I'm getting a little better at fighting now, although I still don't like to do it. Maybe it's not really accurate to say that I fight, but more that I speak my truth better now than I used to do. I don't back away from holding my ground when I need to do it. I'm trying hard to be more authentic in this relationship, to say, to speak up when my boundaries have been crossed. I'm also getting better at letting go of things that are out of my control, or even none of my business. Boy, I've gone through life considering lots of things to be my business, but that's for another time. I have to tell you a story. I spent the first several years of my stepmom journey so grateful that my husband's ex and the mother of his three kids was not really so disruptive. It's true that she lived about three hours away from us and also that the kids were hardly ever here with us and I can't say how it might have been if we were all living in the same town but I was grateful. I kept saying at least she's never said that I'm the reason their marriage failed that I'm the woman who stole her husband, that sort of thing. And I still think of her that way, even though I know now that she actually was saying those things the whole time. That was pretty much her whole narrative. I just didn't know it because my husband, bless him, knew that it wouldn't serve me or anyone else for me to know that stuff. So he kept it to himself. And looking back on that now, I can see how incredible that was it would have been so easy for him to share that with me so that I could help him deal with it or at least help him deal with his feelings about it. But he somehow knew deep inside that
that it would just distract me from my work, which was and still is to maintain my own high vibration and help everyone else in our story to get there too. I actually think that's all that ever works. The fighting attitude creates an energy that's not congruent with where you're trying to get, so it will never get you there. I'm not saying that you shouldn't stand up for what you believe in, but that's not fighting. It's walking purposefully in the direction of your deeply held values. Totally different energy. It doesn't depend on winning or on crushing an opponent. When you're being congruent with your values and holding healthy boundaries, you can be sure that you're pointed in the right direction and you're tuned to the right frequency. There are two kinds of people those who are energized by conflict, and the rest of us. <laughs> For some people, drama is what makes them feel alive, important. They don't actually need to win. They need to stay in conflict. It might be part of who they are, or it might have become a kind of emotional addiction during the years leading up to the separation or divorce. Those people just can't let go of their sparring partner. They can't accept that the fight has to be over. That's the real grief. It's the loss of their central drama. You'll hear more about high conflict people and how to deal with them at the Step Family Summit 2020. It's coming up from September 16th to 18th. And I hope you're all going to register for that because it's really possible that you'll hear something that might save your marriage and your family there. And if I were you, I'd actually spring for the audio recordings. You know, for the price of drinks and a snack at happy hour, you could actually do something truly supportive for yourself. You can take your time, listen to everything that you think applies to your situation, your situation right now, and then maybe go back in a year and listen to them again with a fresh perspective. Or dig out some of the things that you didn't think that you needed to hear right now and later on, when things have changed or you've changed, you'll be ready to hear them. So go and register for free at bit.ly slash Tracy Summit. Remember, there's no E in Tracy. And just check out the lineup. I can tell you that the wonderful Naja Hall is going to share her own perspective about this topic exactly. And she's even joining me for a live stream video chat on the Essential Stepmom Facebook page this coming Wednesday afternoon at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So you can check that out too. And of course, that will stay up even afterwards. So if you can't get there, just come and watch the replay. I'll put the link for that in the show notes as well. Anyway, the Step Family Summit 2020 is not to be missed. Go to bit.ly slash Tracy Summit and sign up for free. And do spring for the audio archive if you can, so you can carry it around in your pocket and listen on the go. I've been listening to a lot of stuff online about dealing with parental alienation lately, and it's hard on me. I find it hard because so much of the language around this problem is really battle language. You know, it's about fighting for your kids, being a warrior, battling the legal system, fighting for custody. Drama is so addictive. 
you know, it really is. It creates actual neurochemicals inside your body that are just as addictive as any drug. Someone explained this once to me in such a good visual way, it, it stuck with me. Your cells have little receptors on the outside of them that are waiting for different kinds of molecules to come around and bind to them. Whenever they get a hit, your body, your cells make more of those receptors, looking for more of whatever's out there. And it doesn't matter if the molecule is a good one or a bad one, because your cells aren't making any value judgments. They're just doing their job. One match of molecule and receptor is a success. The job was accomplished. Let's try that again. The more you feed those receptors with their special match chemical molecules, the more those receptors multiply on the surface of the cell until they start screaming loudly for more of that good stuff. It doesn't matter if it's sugar or caffeine or righteous indignation. Everyone can get addicted to drama. You have to use your higher cognitive abilities to make decisions on that level. Like, I don't actually desire to feel like this. I think I'd be happier with less of this in my life. It's like forcing yourself to forego instant gratification in service of your long-term goals. Your body chemistry won't do that for you. If it did, the whole diet industry would be dead. I can't help but feel that all the battle language in the parental alienation world keeps us in the energy of drama. It keeps the game in play. It lets the drama queen or king hold on to their role in the soap opera they're starring in. They don't want their character to get written out of the show. And who can blame them? Their existence depends on having a role. And let's face it, there's no other show that wants them. <laughs> Who wants an unemployed reality TV star if that's pretty much your whole identity? I really want to believe that stepping right out of the fight energy is the best move in the end for dealing with the drama. It's definitely better for you as a step-parent to stay out of the drama dynamic. It's not your show, even if someone is offering you regular cameo appearances. I don't mean that you shouldn't pursue legal avenues if they're appropriate especially where a court order is not being followed or where a bioparent is refusing all contact. But the energy that you put into that really counts. You're not trying to win something or beat someone. You're trying to make sure that your child knows that they are loved unconditionally. Different energy, am I right? Dr. Craig Childress is a psychologist who's done a huge service to all parents trying to stay afloat in the choppy seas of parental alienation. There's a whole series of his videos available on YouTube on the topic of parental alienation, and they're mostly aimed at mental health professionals to say that there's a lot of pretty technical language there, but I think it could be really good as a parent to know those terms as well. The crux of his message is that Children are naturally bonded to their parents, always. It's part of our internal wiring as human beings to love our parents unconditionally. We can be really mad at them, and we can blame them for things, and we can even recognize their shortcomings as a parent. But we never stop wanting them to give us what we need from them. In the case of, let's say, a truly abandoning parent, and there are some of those, 
we never stop wanting to know that they care about us. And in the case of an abusive parent, we never stop wishing that they would just stop harming us. When a child stops wanting to have any connection with a parent, it can only be a sign of something interfering with their natural desire to be attached, to have an attachment with that parent, according to Dr. Childress. This is what he calls one of the diagnostic signs of parental alienation syndrome. When a child rejects a normal parent, one who loves them and treats them within the ups and downs of normal parent-child dynamics, it's a sign of pathogenic parenting. That means parenting which is in some way toxic to the child's well-being and development. Apart from the intentional conditioning that high-conflict parents engage in, it's also possible for kids to internalize an unconscious message, the one that says drama equals love, that people who love each other fight with each other. They get that message from watching how their parents interact with each other, or even from seeing how the fighting continues even after divorce or separation. Of course, the more drama-loving parent probably got the same subliminal message from their own parents. It's natural in a case like that. Kids may want to fight with the parent too. Fighting also makes them feel kind of strong and in control in some way, in control of this otherwise completely uncontrollable situation. So where does that leave a parent who doesn't want to fight? It's a tough spot because the child's behavior will be so triggering that you have to have some kind of superhuman control not to just get dragged into it. One of the triggering things that happens is hearing language that clearly belongs to the other parent coming out of the mouth of your child. Oh my God, we have some really good stories about that here, but I can't bring myself to rat out my stepson even if he never hears this. We joke about it now, but he still feels so embarrassed to recall the things that he said to his dad back in the day. But you know what I mean. Kids don't use words like disappointment, unreliable, abandoned. Those, those kind of words aren't in the everyday vocabulary of a child under, let's say, high school age. They just haven't even read enough books yet to come across words like that and be able to give them any context. So they're not going to be choosing those kind of words to hurl at a parent that they're just mad at. Kids will say things like, you're so mean. You're the worst mom ever. You never let me do anything. All you ever do is work. You don't understand. It's not fair. You're not listening to me. Any or all of those might actually be true. It's not like kids never have a legitimate reason to be mad at a parent. And I highly recommend taking a good look at your own part in why your child might be upset with you. It's amazing when parents can model for their children how it looks to see that you've been wrong and what you do to make it right. But first, you have to have some tools to deal with being triggered because the other parent is counting on you to have a reaction that will stoke the flames of the conflict. It's actually true 
that taking a few deep breaths is a good place to start, especially if you remember to breathe right into your diaphragm so that your ribs expand and your belly pops out. This inner stretch of your abdomen activates the vagus nerve, which helps you to relax when you're stressed. It's a real thing. Another thing you can do is to have a response ready so that you don't have to think about what to say when you're suddenly triggered. So one, off, uh, one option of a response would be to say, I hear you. You're allowed to feel however you feel. Another would be to say, you feel like I don't understand. Tell me more so I understand better. Or, I'd be glad to talk to you about this when we're both not so upset. Can we do that? The underlying message is always the same and you can say it out loud anytime you like. The message is, I love you even when you're mad at me. Nothing you do can make me not love you. I'm always here for you. These are techniques that you have to practice, but I know they work. I know it because I saw them work in my home and I see them work for parents I coach. And they're the things that adults who lived through this kind of situation tell me would have made things better for them. Kids need a parent to show that they can stay in control without being controlling. And that's some kind of powerful. So if you're a stepmom listening to this, remember that your job is to stay out of the drama for everyone's sake, to keep your energy for what matters, and to stay in a positive mindset as much as you can. If you're a biological parent, there are many ways to deal with someone who loves to create drama, and you should learn about them and use them. You don't have to stay on the drama hamster wheel. You can keep moving your kids towards a positive resolution without fighting. I know because I saw it done. It wasn't easy, but it worked, and it can work for you too. The Essential Stepmom Podcast is produced by me, Tracy Poisner. You can contact me at info at essentialstepmom.com. Thanks to the Step Family Summit 2020 for their support of this podcast. Please go and check it out and you can sign up at bit.ly slash Tracy Summit. Registration is free, but if you choose to invest in the VIP option, you'll get a bonus invitation to an exclusive masterclass I'm offering called Helping Your Child Cope with Toxic Parenting. One last time, sign up at bit.ly slash Tracy Summit. Thanks to all our listeners across the globe. Please don't forget to leave a rating or a review on the platform of your choice. There are still lots of stepmoms out there trying to find us. Mm-hmm.